Welcome back, Stampcasters, to another episode of the Stampcast. Today, I'm joined with Daryl Bustos, a seasoned ICT telecom project manager who has been around the IT industry for over 13 years. His love of gaming, music, and the travel and travels scaffolded his path towards developing important skills that have now become his most valuable asset. We talk about all kinds of different things, so I encourage you to listen to this episode with an open heart and an open mind. Enjoy. Hey, Daryl, welcome to the STEMcast podcast, and I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Latifa. I'm looking forward to exploring this. Yes. Yes. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of exploring. And the way that I want to start this off is by exploring, actually, what you do. So in a, you know, in a short kind of snapshot view, what are you currently doing? And then we're going to delve into it a little bit deeper. Right. I currently work I'm an account manager uh, for the public sector and sovereign wealth fund, but um, I, I do several things. I've been around. Uh, I've been around as a network engineer, as a solution specialist, as a project manager within the telco itself. Um, but, but like how I agreed with my wife, I am a father by day, and you know, like it's it's, it's that that's probably my main occupation now, being the dad. So yeah. <laughs> Aside from being an account manager, I am uh, my full-time job is being the a father of a beautiful four-year-old. Oh, four-year-olds are the best. One of my nephews is four years old, and oh my god, I'm in love with him so much. I learned <laughs> from him, like honestly, and I I would love to get your take on this, you know, because you know, I love that you firstly said that you know you're a full-time dad, which I think. You know, yes, you know, it's a, it's an obligation and a responsibility. And it's, it's you know, it's it's a joy as well to be able to take care of kids as well. So um, I'm wondering, you know, this is, this is totally off track. But now that you've said that, what is the biggest lesson that you you learned from your four-year-old? Um, to be honest, whatever you have planned is it's like entropy so it's just the biggest lesson i've learned is i'm learning through the eyes of a child it, it's like i'm seeing uh seeing things from the perspective where i am uh but but having the clarity or or, or the wonder of a, of a of a child's influence like when they're around your life it, it, it like gives more clarity and you understand things and, and it, though it, uh, you simplify things and at the same time you 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 add innovation, you add wonder, and uh, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Like you've got to look at life through the eyes of a child, and it's awesome. I love that so much, you know, because I was I was just thinking, you know, between myself that oftentimes when when we're younger, we're always so curious about things, about life, and and like you said, you know, we look at life through, you know, the eyes, the eyes of wonder and everything is just so wonderful and, and, and amazing. And then, you know, as we grow up, we kind of lose that sense of awe and lose that sense of wonder. And we just get into like the whole mundane life, the routine, the day-to-day, you know, the job, 
and then we don't look at life the way that you know a, a four-year-old kid would and and I think that's one of the reasons why I love my nephew so much because he really kind of ignites my inner child <laughs> yes, and yeah. and you know I, I get to I get to be a child again around him you know which I think is super fantastic but going going back to um you know, what you do, you know, you mentioned network engineering um, and you worked as a network engineer. What does that mean exactly for anyone who's listening in? And a lot of our listeners are, are youth. So what, what do network engineers actually do? Right. Um, okay. So as a network engineer for a telecom company, the idea is we are, uh, I, I make sure that the information from a certain point reaches it in the right time and through the right paths, if, uh, if, if you were to simplify things. So it's, it's, it's about making sure information reaches from point A to point B at the right time and at the right direction, if ever you, you put it like that. So I configure devices to make sure, like, for example, if I need, for example, with our video chat, oh, sorry, with our, with our chat right now, um, I need to make sure that um, through the internet, you could actually, there are no delays or uh, I, I would make sure that the information that I'm sending, it comes out at the time that it's expected to or not delayed any further than that. So basically mostly configuration and, and uh, routing to make sure that the information arrives on time. Mm. You, you mentioned that you you know, you, you've dabbled into technology until, you know, your current uh, career path. So I'm wondering, is it, have you always known that, you know, that you're technologically inclined to get into the tech field or did you kind of stumble upon it uh, spontaneously by accident? I, I would actually say that I, I, I stumbled into it by accident. I did not know that I would ever be in anything related to, uh, you know, to engineering or network engineering. I came into the industry or to, into IT uh, because of my love of games, video games and interactive video games, to be honest, in the beginning. Um, the idea of being able to play and then, you know, as you play, as you play with something, you're, 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 you, you adapt and then you're like, wait, I, I think I could, I could in, 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 Improve my experience if I uh, if I get into IT or you know like certain certain aspects like what if I could if what if I had if I may have a fast internet connection but then what if I could be faster if I tweak it here or if I tweak it there so that thing kind of got me into telecom into IT and then into telecom itself mm. so it was it, it really stumbled into it by you know just just because I love video games it's it's mostly that. That's so great that you said that because like oftentimes people think that, you know, there's this whole trajectory that you know exactly what you're going to be doing at any point in time and everything's going to pan out the way that, you know, that you have uh, planned. But of course, we know that life always has other plans. And, um, and I loved just how you, you know, you took that whole love of gaming and, and you explored possibilities outside of it. So other than, you know, gaming helping you to realize that you might potentially do really well in a different career, um, what, what other aspects of gaming did you find most valuable, especially like in your personal life? Right. Um, uh, 
as as with any game, uh, there's always the, uh, the the excitement factor of achieving something. So what I would say, um, if ever what what I've learned from gaming is that, that this whole reward system in my in my head and this feeling of accomplishment and like it's not actually finishing the game, but the journey mm-hmm. of more of more like. You know, I like I'm learning as the story evolves. I'm learning as I, I go through obstacles and every and, and you know, much as life, um, w- w- when you are in a video game, if, if, if it feels like everything is complex, it's volatile, and there's so much uncertainty, and um, you basically have to, you know, you, you have to see it through and then kind of like come out different or come out stronger so that you could uh, you could finish what you've started, basically. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so that's my take on, uh, on gaming. Yeah, and, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, you know, gaming uh, adds is it lowers, um, I'd say, like, the, it lowers the barrier of entry so that anyone mm-hmm. anyone who thinks that, um, you know, like, it's they don't take risks in their personal lives or in their professional lives, but you oftentimes will find them taking risks in games because, they don't mind failing in games, you know, because there are no like real quote unquote uh, repercussions if you fail in the game. Um, and, you know, you're just challenged and you just have to go back to the next level and, and try over and over again. You know, so it kind of like even builds up that persistence muscles um, because you want to be able to move on to the next level. And the only way for you to do that is to go and, and redo it as many times as possible uh, until you accomplish it. So I totally understand what you mean about like that sense of accomplishment. And I think like that self-confidence as well, that, you know, that you were able to do hard things and, and challenge yourself, even in the game. So I love the 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 mindset uh, that you took with you from gaming and you took it with you to your uh, personal and even professional life. Do you still play games, by the way? Yes, I, I do play games and um, I, I'm still an avid gamer. And uh, I do have, I, I have influenced my daughter. And um, you, you know, the way, we, the way we do things is like we try to gamify our life. Like for example, if ever we'd find something mundane and repetitive, we'd be like, let's pick game out of it. It's like, um, if you don't mind me sharing an example, um, uh, my, my, my daughter takes piano lessons and the most boring thing you could ever do is stare at notes and you know, try to figure out what they're supposed to mean. So um, if, you, if you don't mind me expanding on this. Uh, there, oh, there, no, there please. Ins- this is very interesting. Like the, the, the concept of like just gamifying mundane things. Please go ahead. Right. Uh, yes. So w- with the piano, I mean, like I- I've been through piano lessons as a child and I was like, this is, I-, I don't like piano lessons. And then I was thinking, what is, how, how do I make this more fun? How do I make it more relatable for her? So, um, so whenever I tell her to go like, Kaya, you, you've got to do, uh, you, let's practice piano. And she'd be like, no, I'd, I'd rather jump around the sofa. So during her lesson, there was this time where we were, uh, where we were, uh, during her lesson plan, there was focus on rhythm. So I was thinking, okay, jumping and rhythm, those could actually, those are correlated. You know, it's like if she could jump on based on the time signature then that's basically how she learned quarter notes because quarter notes are like four claps so 
she realizes that hey, what if I jump in at this particular time and you know it, it kind of thought her like uh, okay now I understand rhythm because I'm jumping around the couch yeah if you, if you get where I'm going yeah I love that so much thank you for sharing it's just again the, the whole concept of gamifying it to make it exciting and 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 make learning fun and and make it stick as well you know because sometimes there there are sticky things um or sticky points in in learning that oftentimes make us really agitated and you know frustrated that we're not getting it and uh just you know that spin of gamifying it actually is is, is such a cool idea of you know make, like using it to your advantage so that's that's really nice I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your travel experiences, Daryl, because, you know, you've been around, you've been uh, all over uh, the world, uh, you know, North America, Europe, Southeast Asia, Australia, the Middle East, and you've also done work remotely. So can you speak to that experience? And maybe if you can share with us, like the highlights Yes, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely an avid traveler. Um, me and wife make sure that, uh, like, we, we experience as much interactions as we can. So whether it was with traveling or with anything related to remote, uh, remote session. So in, in terms of traveling, um, I would say one of the biggest highlights in my life was being around New York uh, pre-COVID. Uh, and it was just, you know, like, like it's such an alive city. But then at the same time, it was me reconnecting with family that I haven't seen for a while. So it, it, it was that aspect of looking at something new or looking at something totally different and then reconnecting with your values or, or, or reconnecting with, uh, with family, basically. So the, the, way, the way I take it is like uh, Traveling just, uh, just just basically reminds me of the feelings that I've had and the values that are consistent within within me, within my, within the environment I grew up with. And in, in terms of uh, uh, coordinating anything remotely, um, it, it's funny uh, that we we're talking about U.S. and, and Bahrain. I've had I've had experience with projects where I had to be in multiple time zones, like I'd be in Eastern Standard Time. Then I'd be in UK time, and then I'd be in the Pacific Standard Time, and then you know it's like all of those. I, I basically have to plan my whole week based on that. But like we usually have Friday and Saturday off, and then they have like Saturday and Sunday off. So I I have I'd have to plan my interaction based on timing, uh, on on time zones. Sorry, and also you know adjust accordingly to uh, what where where they're at. So. That that was like a push and pull, a consistent push and pull of complexity and volatility, managing you know remote time with time zones. And, but eventually, uh, I would like to say that, uh, that those projects turned out to be successful, and uh, and it was really all about communication. At at the end of the day, it's like yes, we may have our limitations, but it it's all about communication and. How consistent you are given the situation, um, and basically, what do you value with your time, and how are you cut? You know, how conscious are you that you're shaping towards achieving something? 
but that that's what I got out of that experience from traveling and remote uh, remote work and remote uh, working abroad as well. You know, you have a great setup even you know before COVID and the whole remote world world work uh, wor- ah, remote work remote world. Yes, uh, and 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 so it, it almost seems kind of unfair, you know. Like you have, you know, you, you kind of kn- you knew how to navigate the whole remote work, and so even now, you know, amidst COVID, um, I'm sure that you know the skills that you were able to build um, during this experience has has been valuable for you now. So maybe for you know for the listeners out there who are working remotely what tips do you have for them to be able to not only manage their time because i'm sure that you know you being in multiple time zones would would definitely mean that you are very time efficient and uh, you know you manage your time very well but what other tips uh, would you offer uh, for someone who's working remotely at the moment yeah uh yeah uh, thanks for your um it, it's it's the main thing that I would say is the world will always be complex, volatile, and uncertain. And complexity will fuel disruption. Volatility will complicate any policy that uh, you're used to. Uncertainty will even challenge things like relationships. So um, what is consistent is we need to remind ourselves that feelings are situational, but values are consistent. And, and these values have a vital role in, in how you develop and how you openly embrace change and consciously, you, you know, conscientiously shape the future. It's like you have to be intentional. Uh, this is the advice I would give. I mean, this is the same advice I would give my, my daughter where we, we'd always talk about being mindful. Why are we saying, excuse me, why, why do we do things a certain way? Um, it's just not, you know, like, we, we, we need to encourage them and view certain things from the eye of someone actually confronting it, you know, like a, a deeper sense of empathy and that it's not only about IQ and all that, you know, like, 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 like being smart is not only about IQ, it's IQ, EQ, how you interact with people and your relevance, to how you inspire someone. I, I think, I think a mindset of, Trying to be inspirational or trying to be inspired by your interactions, that is more than enough to get you through anything. It's like, like value each and every interaction. You know, like you, 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 you will meet so many people, but if you remain consistent with your values and you value that interaction that you have, then uh, I think that that's, that, that would actually see you through, through, any, uh, through any challenge, through any endeavor, whatever you'd like to achieve. That's, yeah, that's very well put. And, you know, even today you hear a lot about the importance of, you know, of uh, being clear about your values and not just, you know, not just um, identifying them, but really living them, you know, Uh, really making it a point to be able to live your values day in and day out. And it really seems just from what you've just shared is that you're at a point where you're so crystal clear about your values that you make it a point to, to live them out. Um, so have you always been this clear about your values or was that something that you discovered for yourself and identified recently? I, I, I would say that um, it, it, were, it were in phases. Um, like uh, 
coming back from where I was thinking, uh, where, where I said I was like looking at life from the eyes of a child. Um, what, what I would, there's always this cycle of where I, I thought I knew what I, I, I thought I knew a lot. And then suddenly it, I, I go through disruption and I, I, <laughs> I, I relearn things. So I, I, I would say that I, um, I've developed it along the way. And I, I think well, what, has, what has been consistent is just like really persevering, like, you know what, like I, I still have to learn. There's a lot I have to do. But, you know, I, I've also, I've got to um, be aware of my pace as well. So that, that's, that's pretty much where I'm coming from. So yeah, it kind of, it didn't come out, uh, it didn't come out naturally. It had to be like, there had to be like, and there, there had to be iterations you put it that way, if I were to put it in another way. Nice. So I want to go back to, let's see, the skills that you acquired over the years. What skills would you say have been proven most useful, um, either in your personal life and in your professional life, or maybe um, just as a combination? Like what specific skills that you found most useful and the skills that you would encourage others to um, to build and acquire? Um, analytics. Uh, I, I love the uh, the idea of intelligence or data analytics. And of course, with, with analytics, there's probabilities, there, there's math involved, and, and, and you have to bring them together. But when I say data analytics, it's like we have a whole world of information and metadata around us. And it's just waiting to be turned into information and information is waiting to be turned into something valuable. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's the way you, uh, I, I would say also the way we uh, organize our data or the way that we analyze things. Um, that is one of the most important skills I've learned. Um, I'd share an experience of like a hard skill uh, that I've learned while I was, uh, well, when I was a uh, network engineer. And um, there was a concept called uh, the OSI model where you have to, they predefined a framework where there are seven layers that you should look at when you're looking at anything related to the internet or anything related to computers. We, We call it the OSI layers. And what I've learned from that is I've learned to compartmentalize my thoughts into what I would understand rather, uh, and, and then, you know, micro uh, manage it to micro level and then always try to go back again, with, you know, micro macro moving back and forth from that to be able to find an angle where I could work around things or how I could resolve them. That, that would probably be the most important skill that I've learned about how to analyze data and how to categorize it, which is where, where math and uh, math science were a really big influence on that. Yeah, you, you reminded me of um, some of the work by Nassim Taleb. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of him, but if you're, if you're a reader, I really do suggest checking him out because I think his books mm-hmm. will really resonate with uh, your thinking and your thinking process. And also another one that comes up is Ray Dalio. 
uh, he he has like a really popular book called Principles that came out like a few years ago. Um, and I think you will also appreciate his thinking because I, I see there's a lot of overlap with what you said and um, what these authors have written about. Um, and I'm, I'm a bibliophile, like I love books. And I, I, for some reason, I just, you know, I share what I think, you know, like, like this right now, you know, I shared like a recommended book that I think you're going to enjoy, but I really do feel that um, you, there, there's, there's a method to your thinking, right? And I think that's important uh, because oftentimes, you know, thinking becomes like this automatic thing that you do um, and you don't necessarily take the time to actually think, 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 think things through. Um, and I, I appreciated how you said, you know, like um, analyzing data um, is, is, a, is a, you know, it's not an easy process. You, you'll have to compartmentalize it, break it down into small bits so that you are actually able to understand what the data is telling you. Because, again, um, data is just data. If you don't make, if you don't create meaning out of it, it becomes meaningless. So um, yes. it's interesting that you said that. Awesome. Um, I wanted to hear a little bit more about uh, younger Daryl and what he would tell himself um, about, you know, the education path, the learning path, and also, um, you know, the career afterwards. So, you know, we, we always have this idea of, um, you know, the, the, the ladder going up and we have to just, you know, work our way up. Um, and, and so I want to hear from you, like, what would you tell your younger self about, you know, education, learning, life, uh, work, career? Wow. Wow. That is a, that is a big philosophical question. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually find myself asking that a lot. Like, well, how would I do things? Would I change anything? Um, if, if I did change anything, uh, what would I be in a better state? And, you know, um, what, what, what I would tell, uh, what, what I would tell, younger Daryl or, or the younger self or, or me when I was a child, I'd be like, jump around and enjoy what you're doing and time will come when you will have to take action. And as long as, as long as you know what you're, uh, you know, as long as you're determined, guide, you know, and accept the guidance of, of, of many things that are to come. You know, it's like, there's there was a paradigm. I, I'm one of those kids who who grew up at Channel 55, where I had to wait until after 4:30 p.m. to be able to watch cartoons. So uh, I, I would say one of the biggest things I would tell younger Daryl is uh, be patient. It's coming, but also be prepared because it's it may may not be there for a long time, and, and you're you're gonna have to make the most out of it. It's not because you're you're you're, you're because of the fear of missing out, but there is a lesson to be learned. That that's what I would say. Younger Daryl, I hope he's listening. I, mean, I do still have my inner child speaking to me every now and then. <laughs> always, they're always there to just you know remind you every now and then that you know we're disguised as adults, but really <laughs> we're we're, chil we're children at heart. Um, yes, I, I love yes. that. It's very introspective. I know that you're big on paradigm shifts, so maybe you could share a specific paradigm shift that you recently had on a specific on a specific topic. 
Yes, yes. Uh, I, 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 uh, the way that I look at paradigm shifts is there are certain platforms where the dynamics are changing. For example, in the education field, in the education field, it is always a push and pull between education and learning. Uh, is my education affecting my learning? Is my learning affecting my education? And what a, in terms of paradigm shifts, I have looked, uh, when you look at the bigger picture, you're looking at sustainability and scalability. Um, there are th- certain things that, I, uh, that I'm really glad that's happening nowadays is things related to sustainable development goals, for example. Um, it is so interesting that these paradigm shifts have provided like a thematic structure for interdisciplines like uh, STEM lessons and the use of design thinking methodology. And, 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 and when you formulate a specific challenge based on a theme, it makes these problems more approachable. So and it, it creates modularity and cohesion. So uh, if, 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 I were to, if I were to characterize it in another way, um, being in my field where telecom or communication or the telecommunication is actually starting to become utility, it, it's almost, it, it's on par with uh, water. You know, of course, you, you know, all, all the basics that are within the uh, sustainable development goals where every, you know, communication is, is that tool and, and paradigm shifts have, have, have influenced the way uh, we intend our impact to be and then what we expect, you know, like you, have, you have the expected impact and your intended impact. So what I'm saying is that there is the paradigm shifts has created a modularity between what we expect and what we need. That's a, yeah. to get where if you to get where, where I'm coming from. I'm mindful of our time together and, uh, you know, it's been such an interesting conversation so far. So I'm just going to close the out with two, two more questions, um, if I may. Sure. No uh, the first one being, you know, you're in the telecom space and I'm wondering what are you excited about um, in terms of telecom in the future? So what excites you about what, what else is in store in telecom? And then uh, I'll hear from you and then I'm going to wrap up with my final question, the question that I usually end the, um, the podcast with. Right. Uh, so, so with telecom, I mean, uh, communication, telecommunication is is what's driving the information age, this golden age of information. And what I'm excited about is is is, is this. Uh, there is so much data out there that we're now able to put together, and and uh, the platforms that we have are becoming are 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 growing are growing so organically. With, with the progress of technology that um, certain things like 5G, uh, IoT, you know, the Internet of Things, uh, machine learning, AI, all of these are advancing the way that we think. It, it, it creates a more liberal mind of thinking. And at the same time, it also grounds you that, wait, things are about to, things are about to be overwhelming, but here's the, uh, here's the container where you can... Uh, you can feel safe or where you can feel uh, relevant in, in terms of that. So yes, uh, the, the evolution of, uh, of, of how we connect, that, that's it. basically what's happening in Telecom. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. 
So I, I wrap up with this question, which is, if you had a STEM mission, what would that be? And then maybe to add something specific to this is, um, you know, what impact do you want to leave in the, on the world? Right. Um, I believe in, in a, a very particular word, uh, which I would say uh, is cadence. Cadence is basically finding the rhythm within, you know, within what you're doing. And my STEM mission would be basically to, to, to help people or to help myself and the people around me on how on the rhythm when it comes to uh, relating with data, relating with, you know, creating those relationships based on the data that you acquire or that you develop. That, that would probably be my STEM mission. You know, it's like uh, help people what they want to prioritize and what they want to be accountable for and how they can help better that, I guess. Fantastic. It's very worldly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that's, I would like for that to happen. That would that, that's definitely my mission. Yeah, that would be my mission. Fantastic. Well, you know, thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Daryl. Lovely having you and just yeah. hearing some insights about what you have to offer. Um, wishing you all the best moving forward. Thank you so much, Latifa. And I, I really get that um, um, you, were, you were mentioning a couple of uh, books, I, I Ray Dalio and uh, Nadim Talib. Uh, Nadim Nassim Nassim yeah. yeah, Nassim Taleb. Right. You'll, you'll find him. He's like super popular online. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I'm happy to, to even share them with you um, offline. But do check Definitely. them out because I really do feel like they would, um, uh, you know, they'd complement your thinking. Thank you so much, Deepa. It's always good Absolutely. to learn. I, I, I love the interaction. I love the, the similar mindset, if ever you say that. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're all here to learn. We're learning from one another as we speak. So thank you again, Daryl. Thanks, Latifa. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's all we've got for this episode. If you love today's episode or know someone who could use its inspiration, please share it with them. I think that's the best thing that you could possibly do is to share things that resonated with you. And so that's our only uh, call of action, to be honest. And of course, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have specific um, things that you'd like to hear on the podcast, specific topics that we haven't covered yet, uh, please make sure to reach out and leave us a review. Uh, We would really appreciate it. And until we see you next time, have a wonderful day and take care.